0: i Spaces Hello and welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, December seventh, two thousand twenty-two. Today on the Ether, into the interchain with Shade Protocol, featuring Edwin from Orbital Command. Let's take a listen.
1: Good morning, guys. Uh, welcome to the to the next episode of Into the Interchain. Uh, looks like Orbital is here, so if you want to request uh, just to speak, I'll I'll let you up on stage, and we'll we'll give it a few more minutes here just to kind of let people trickle in and, and let the space fill up. How are we doing? Thanks everyone who's here for joining us.
2: I'll give it a couple more minutes and let the room fill up. Orbital Command guys, how's it going?
3: Hey
4: there, what's up? Uh, my name's is Edwin. Uh, thanks for inviting us here today. I'm doing good. I'm in Los Angeles, California, so just getting
2: the day started Here it's 9 a.m. for me. Oh man, jealous of that. We're in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, several of us, so it's just freezing cold do anything to be there right now
4: (laughs) man it you know it goes down to like 65 and i'm already thinking damn it's cold i gotta put a sweater on over here but can't imagine (laughs) being in the snow right now Uh, i i'm actually from guatemala and so you know we're we're very used to the humidity and and the heat uh, and so yeah i i i'm not a huge fan of of the east because of uh, how cold it gets over there i have been to miami though and it's nice it's nice over there
2: yeah florida and west coast kind of area all all stay pretty warm but here it's it's 16 degrees fahrenheit right now which is wow. like which is like what is that five five or ten C something like that somewhere in there
4: i mean at, at that point it's almost like you like your skin gets numb and you're just like, well, I know it's cold, but, um, yeah, you, you pass that, <laughs> that normal feeling of, uh, uh, in my eyes, it's like, you know, there's a certain point where you put a lot of layers on to help you get warm. And then after it gets so cold, it's kind of numbing and you're like, well, it is what it is. No
2: more clothes will help. Exactly. I think after like 32 or, or zero C, you just kind of give up and decide you're going to be cold.
3: Right.
4: <laughs> yeah, man. Well, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to always, you know, just talk to people that are all over the the country in the U.S. Right, but also all over the world. I my full time job is actually with One Planet, uh, the NFT marketplace that used to be on Terra, but are now on Polygon. But I bring them up because my whole team is in South Korea. Um, we have a, our headquarters there, our offices there. So twenty five of the team members are there we have one that's in beijing and then me that's here in the states in la so uh they're you know 17 hours ahead of me
2: oh awesome yeah that's always my favorite thing about going uh going to conferences and stuff is seeing people from all over the world that are all working in the same industry but once you get um over over into asia yep the time zone is super super different it's a lot of a lot of 4 a.m meetings and 11 p.m. meetings yeah
4: Yeah. and that's always the hard part like trying to line up um even like weekly meetings you know some somebody's
2: got to sacrifice somewhere exactly exactly well edwin i think we can we can get rolling here usually around 1105 1104 we we start and there'll i'm sure be some more people continuing to join us but since we're not talking about that new that new chat GPT-3 AI thing. I think we got a smaller space today. That seems like the only thing that's popular on Twitter right now. But I would love it if you could just hop in and give us a little bit of an overview at your involvement with Orbital Command and the history of Orbital Command and what you're up to now.
4: Yeah, man, like I said earlier, thanks again for having me here. So I initially started working with Orbital Command Uh, Exactly a a year ago, I started December 1st, and I came in really just to help the team with Terra information, right? Like uh, Terra was continuing to grow at that time. And so my job was just to gather information, do research, bring it to the team, and continue to create educational material for the community in threads, in infographics, in any way that we could just to make sure that the community was aware of the new protocols that were going to be uh, launching, um, any new NFT projects that were going to be on launch pads. Um, So really just helped the team all around. Slowly, I started to become a little bit more of a community manager, right? So we didn't have a Discord at that time. So so that was something that I was able to put together with another team member, uh, Joseph. Um, who's no, no longer with us, um, but um, we set up our Discord, so we had that, um, and then uh, also help with running our Terra um, Intel report, with, which is just an announcement Telegram channel uh, where we post a different community member tweets or updates from different protocols. Um, so that's that's really my role—just help um, a little bit with community and. Uh, Provide any uh, feedback when whenever, whenever we have governance, uh, and also participate for those Twitter Spaces whenever we get invited to them, or whenever we're hosting some. Uh, I would say that my my preferred um, area is around NFTs, though, because uh, I do work with uh, One Planet as well, the NFT marketplace um, as my full time job as a community manager with them. So uh, that's probably my my specialty there. Um, but yeah, so that's my role within One Planet. Um, I don't know if you wanna, if you have any questions there.
2: Yeah, for sure. So feel free to tell us, tell us more, more about yourself and your involvement with One Planet, how you got involved, um, or Orbital Command. I think it'd be interesting to chat about. Obviously, at one point you were super Terra focused, and then what the switch from Terra focus to the larger cosmos focus um, was like for you guys.
4: Yeah. So our founders, their their names are Shaw and Manny, and they started with uh, being a validator on EOS. So, so they're OGs, like they've been around for a long time, just owning cryptocurrencies, but then they also started to experiment a little bit with diving deeper into um, EOS and having a validator there. Um, EOS, Obviously, you know they they've had their own issues, so they um, eventually moved on and started orbital command here on Terra. Um, what attracted them to Terra was UST and and Luna and the, the relationship there between the algorithmic stablecoin, right? Um, so so they made a good bet initially, uh, as we all kind of did right before the crash, but. Um, that, that's what attracted them to it. Um, they started the, the Validator in March of um, last year. So uh, we're about, you know, a year and a half or, I mean, almost two years to March of next year uh, of having Orbital Command Live. Um, and initially when they started the Validator, it, it was for them just to continue to add Luna into their own stack. But then they realized that the ecosystem was growing, right? There was a lot more development going on, and there was new um, people, new builders, new community members. There was a lot of action going on, so they started to to figure that it would be better to actually build out the the team and not just be a validator, um, and and you know figure out ways to give back to the community in some way. And so that's when they got Zion involved. So he is kind of our CEO now. Manny and Sha have taking a bit of a backstep, um so zion runs the day-to-day things with uh, with the rest of the team um but yeah zion just started hiring different people yeah rebel uh, which you guys have been in touch with um he yeah, hired myself dr Doscoin. Um, a couple of the new guys that we have on the team are deebs DeFi 5 farmer to how uh, mb Iger. Um, we have Thomas, um, who helps us with uh, some of the dev work. Um, so, so our team has definitely grown from just Manny and Shaq. Uh, it, th- it was just them for about six months. And throughout that time, they, they said that they were running negative. They, um, what they were making from the rewards wasn't enough to cover the infrastructure fees. But then as we started to go up in price, Then it definitely became a lot more profitable to be a validator. And that's when they they also started to grow out the team. Um that's so that's kind of how Orbital Command um got started. Um, you know, and with uh with Terra after the the crash, uh we definitely had all our eggs in one basket. Um after the character the crash, we did have to figure out you know how to continue our business. So so we did expand into having a validator with osmosis and uh with atmos and right now we're working with say um we already had in mind like before the terra crash to expand into different cosmos chains um but we didn't have that as our priority right we were sitting very comfortable in terra uh but after the crash we had to just uh, put all our efforts into expanding and figure out different way- different sources of revenue essentially. And we, you know, we all use osmosis already uh, to um, you know, we, we love their decks and, and so um, we were very familiar with what they were doing. We just weren't involved in validating there, but that was kind of like the, the next step for us.
2: Yeah. Very interesting. And obviously the, for you guys as well as a lot of us, I think Terra wasn't a good situation but a lot of good came out of it for uh, you got your team who's now uh, kind of cosmos wide focused education team you've got our team that learned a lot of a lot of good information out of that and has grown in a lot of ways so it's it's really interesting to see all the other protocols and teams whether it's educators or builders or DeFi or apps or whatever it is that have pivoted in a really good way into the broader cosmos so i think that's one of, the, one of the things that I have seen a lot of um, in talking to all these people on these spaces is a more cosmos-oriented focus after, after Terra. Um, so for you guys now that you're a very kind of broader cosmos-focused education group, um, where do you see the value of education in the broader cosmos? And what do, you, what do you see like the future of education in the cosmos looking like between all the different chains?
4: Yeah, I I think that it uh, I mean for us education is our priority. We we feel that we label ourselves as a community validator and for for us what that means is setting the standard in a way for um what a validator can provide for the community that they're involved with, right? Because In our experience, a lot lot of validators don't even vote in governance, right? They don't know what proposals are live. Um, They don't host any Twitter spaces. They don't provide any uh, walkthroughs of new dApps being developed. And, you know, maybe this is not, um, education is not the way that they provide value to the ecosystem, right? There are some that are straight up just builders, right? And they're building tooling for the infrastructure. And that's something that most of the community members don't see, but the developers do see that, right? So um, I can think of one in Terra um, that does that. Um, there's others that focus on data, um, right? So they, they're able to just have dashboards on their own websites and help with that. There's some that have podcasts to bring people in together and interview founders and different things like that, right? So, so there's different ways that validators provide value to the chains that they are involved with, but for us, education is the priority. So, um, we do threads on the different DApps that exist and kind of just walk through this, right, just to make sure that people understand how to do things properly, um, rebel Defi that does a, a weekly, um, educational video as well. We have our discord, but we, we have expanded, uh, into different chains. And uh, the goal there similarly is to provide a place for discussion for new apps being developed. You know, obviously, one of the things that people are always looking for is work to park their money. So if we find any uh, DeFi uh, projects that have some yield some farming going on, right, different things like that, we're, we're always trying to share that so that our community knows where to go. Um, so I would say uh, education is is uh, the way that we want to stand out when somebody goes and looks at where they want to um, delegate. We we hope that they can see the Orbital Command logo and the name and recognize us by the education that we do. Um, and, and and so yeah, that that is our priority for sure. Um, I think in general for for Cosmos. It, it, it's getting harder, right? Like, there's more chains coming up. More, you know, more projects are being just uh, developed in each chain. So, so there is a lot going on. There, there's, there's, uh, even though, in, though, overall, there's a bear market going on. There's still people building and creating new projects and and innovating and trying new things. So, um, as the cosmos ecosystem continues to grow, there's there's just a lot. More opportunities for content creators for for teachers to really come in and take advantage of this space and provide information to to people that can be easily digestible, right? I think we're missing a lot of marketing, a lot of community managers, and there's a lot of devs that are building. But I think that that like that funnel of um, having more marketing experience and like um, people that uh, that can make it easier to understand what the devs are building. Um, you know That's huge right now. It's, it's a space that still needs a lot of uh, people to, um, to help educate the community. Um, so yeah, we hope to see that grow in the future.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree with that. That's a, that's a great answer and it's super cool. I think there's a kind of, a lot of the, a lot of the teams that do this really set themselves apart when like us, we're, we're a DeFi team that does a lot of education or Orbital Command, which is validators that are running a lot of education. Both it provides a lot of value for the team itself to get their name out there, become a more trusted team, become a more well-known brand. But it also is good for the Cosmos in general, because just like you said, it's such a fast growing community. There's so many different facets to it that as an individual who's not, not a dev or not super deeply ingrained in the Cosmos ecosystem, It becomes super confusing, super murky to try and figure out how everything works together, what everything is, what one product is versus another. So, the teams that are educating the community around their own product and how it fits into the wider cosmos, and just creating these platforms and community spaces like these Twitter spaces, like Orbital Command Twitter spaces, like UMI Twitter spaces, all of those types of things that are allowing these community conversations to happen just creates a healthier educational kind of basis that the entire cosmos community can continue to build on
4: yeah what kind of uh, educational material
2: are you guys making on the shade protocol side we've got as much documentation as we can churn out that's constantly getting written we've got videos and blog posts and we're working on help desk solutions and even just uh podcasts like this i'm sure dalton uh, Behind the Shade Protocol account here could speak a little bit more to that on the marketing side, but it's just creating as many platforms as we can for people to learn about our products as well as community spaces for our team and our community to talk to others.
1: Yeah, I mean specifically, like Fisco mentioned, uh, the po- a podcast like this is is a great example of what we want to try and accomplish with education. Uh, regarding DeFi, regarding just any other projects in the cosmos. You you invite them and you give them a platform to educate users on their projects and their protocols and and everyone is better for it in regards to everyone's more educated, everyone's more knowledgeable about the things that are going on that they can be involved in. And so I think Into the Interchain is quite literally one of the best examples I can use. Um, like Fisco said as well, there, there's things like tutorials and walkthroughs and videos and thesis videos as well that, that describe our product that describe other people's product. Um, but it's, it's super important because if, if people don't feel like they belong and if people don't feel like they have a knowledge, knowledge base, uh, that they're comfortable with, then they, they probably won't use your products. They probably won't be involved in the protocol, uh, to the extent that. You would like them to be, and so it is very important to create a space where everyone feels like they can at least have some sort of knowledge um, that they're comfortable with, and that allows them to feel like they can be involved at a a more personal level in regards to uh, especially DeFi related things.
4: Yeah, absolutely, and I think something that you pointed out is is that it's important to have different mediums of educational material as well right like audio through a podcast blogs and writing video right that way because people they consume media in different ways and if there's only one way for them to consume that through a blog let's say some people just might not want to read anything they rather just could uh, uh, you know that digest something in a podcast way right while they're running or while they're cleaning the house so uh Yeah, I agree with you that it's important to have different avenues to give the people um, a way to learn about what's going on in the ecosystem.
1: Absolutely. And I I think, too, it also it keeps it keeps the the content producers uh, a little away from stagnation, if that makes sense. If you continually just produce blog after blog after blog, it, it becomes overwhelming in that sense or it becomes monotonous. And so to be able to produce varying different kinds of content is also a way to just keep yourself fresh and and keep yourself invigorated and involved without um, getting burnt out in a sense. But I guess I, I have an underlying question kind of related to community and, and education, uh, specifically for you, Edwin. So being involved as you guys were around the Terra ecosystem, can you explain to me it, it, maybe in your personal view or maybe Orbital Command's view, of the difference in Cosmos now versus when Terra was at its peak. Because in my mind, like, the Cosmos was very, very Terra-centric uh, when Terra was at its peak, and, and rightfully so. But I guess now, post-Terra, we've all noticed, and I think we've already mentioned this, like a very, very Cosmos-centric, guys, we need to collaborate, we need to work together. And so, I guess I am just very curious as to your take on on Cosmos during Terra and then Cosmos post Terra. Yeah, that's a a good question. So, I I think
4: for me personally, I um. So, as I mentioned, I work with One Planet, and One Planet was in Terra. So, my time was spent mo- mostly um, working with individual NFT projects. And so I didn't spend too much time exploring what was out in the cosmos. Like I would hear about different blockchains, uh, the, the closest I ventured out was osmosis. Um, but even that, um, like I didn't spend too much time exploring the, the ecosystem, like what else was, um, going to be built on osmosis. Um, I knew about the cosmos hub right, and um secret network of course, with stash, so I knew uh you know what what else existed, but I never actually explored and, and so I think that that was the difference for me personally that after the terra crash i I was essentially forced to look for a for a new home for for those couple of weeks that you know even with orbital command you know we were, we were Looking for what was next for us right so um that's when I started to explore like stargate right the nft app chain and um and and secret and stash and um and so um that that was for me uh, where I started to just look look uh, deeper into what was out there um i and I think uh, for orbital man I think we in our team there's definitely different levels of um in involvement in the, uh, Cosmos ecosystem. Like I can say that Sean Manny, they had, they, I mean, they've been delegating to almost every chain in the Cosmos for, for a while. Um, and so I know that they have always been up to speed with what's going on around the Cosmos because there are, um, you know, places, um, there are blockchains that are offering a lot of, uh, Um, rewards just for delegating, right? Like um, Edmos was one of the recent ones that had a lot. Juno is up there. Um, I mean, even Osmosis with a superfluid staking, right? It's supposed to like 60%. Um, So that's something that I know that they do a lot of, they delegate to a lot of different blockchains. And so they're a bit more aware than than me at least. Um, But going back to the Terra focus, uh, I, I do feel like I was also in my personal bubble, so I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and then after the Terra crash, I think everybody was just looking for for a new home in a way. Uh, I think Kujira, you know, came out of that and they kind of took on a lot of the people that were in Terra previously. Um, and, and I also saw, you know, project, NFT projects that I worked with personally move on to Stargaze and love, m- migrate there and launch projects there. Um, the prominent 77, a listener here, they actually launched their um, droid collection on their third droid collection in Stash, um, but they had launched their first two collections on one planet. Um, so So, yeah, so I think, you know, we saw that builders right, left, to, to other blockchains, to Juno and and different places. And so we we followed along, right? Because we we were all um involved in those projects in some way. We had left funds in in them in some way. Um, and so we did follow along and and contribute to that migration process. Um, and that, you know, kind of forced us to explore what was going on around the cosmos. I will say that one thing that I that I noticed, you know, is that there's also a lot of I mean, there's always competition, right, uh, um, but I feel like even recently I've seen a lot of just fighting uh, uh, between like specific community members, um, you know, about different things. And uh, I I think it, b- before I started to explore Cosmos, that was something that I wasn't too aware of. I think that there is a lot of cooperation going on, um, but that there is also a lot of division going on between some, some community members.
1: Yeah, I think I'll so I'll address uh your answers kind of in order. I I think it's very interesting that you said the the personal bubble kind of popped in regards to you were so involved in a specific ecosystem it, once it kind of quit being that ecosystem you were like, "Oh man, I got to I got to kind of open up the the sphere a little bit and and look into different projects, look into different protocols and and find a new home that I feel like I belong in." And so it's it's just an odd, I guess, experience to have to go through. And, and I just wanted to learn more about how you experienced it. And it's it's very, very cool. So thank you for sharing. Um, in regards to infighting a little bit, I will not speak entirely um, on it because I, I don't think we should pay too much attention to it. You know what I mean? Or, or give attention to things that maybe aren't productive. But I, I do agree in a sense that there is an odd amount of either competition or bickering sometimes in between protocols. And I don't particularly understand the the goal. Um, to be honest, I, I usually chalk it up to outside factors in regards to the market being down and and events going on around the world. And, and we won't get into that stuff particularly. But I, I do think that there's a lot of stress that that is hanging on people and, and set on people's shoulders. And so they they tend to sometimes show that through bickering or or infighting when when things like that don't particularly matter or impact very, very large scale decisions. Um but I, I do agree that it's it's unfortunate. And I think we've tried our best to to extend the olive branch to as many people as we can and and everyone that we interact with when we when we talk to them, when we invite them onto the podcast, when we work with them on, on partnership deals, uh, protocol to protocol. And so I hope that as we move forward, uh, we can kind of have the sentiment of, of a bull, but always um, not just during a bull market because everyone loves each other during a bull market. Uh, but it would be, it would be amazing is, if we could kind of grasp that sentiment even not during bull markets um, and, and apply that to, to how we treat each other, how we work together in the cosmos. Um, and how we how we push forward as, as an ecosystem as a whole but i'll stop i'll stop talking in in a very like high level sense because there's there's obviously things that we should be focused on uh fisco I, I know that you have a few more questions
4: and, and just to make sure you know like i um I, like in my personal experience like I wasn't trying to be like ignorant of what was going on outside of Terra, but it was almost like we had everything um that that we could that we needed on the daily right like if i wanted to look at nfts we had like six different nft marketplaces if i wanted to supply uh my assets we had like five different defi protocols if i wanted to farm we had like five so i i almost felt like there was not enough time you know for a lot of the people in terra to explore outside because there was already so much within terra going on
1: Yeah, that that does make a lot of sense. Right. Like why? You know, why? Not that you were ignorant or or not interested. So I I apologize if I created that sentiment. But yeah, why would you ever, quote unquote, go outside the town when you can find everything that you wanted to use within arm's reach? Um, So, yeah, I I 100 percent agree with you. And I, I apologize if I kind of created a sentiment that that wasn't accurate.
4: No, no worries. Just, just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to point that out just because like also now that I'm working with, um, one planet and we're on Polygon, I've almost falling into that similar trap for myself where now, you know, I am there. So like my go-to NFT marketplace is one planet or open C. Um, and then now that I'm there, I'm closer to, um, to, ethereum so i'm i'm looking at what else is going on in that ecosystem and i'm supplying my bitcoin and ethereum into ovix which is a platform on polygon you know that has some rewards for just for supply so anyways that just for me personally i i definitely feel like uh, wherever there's less friction right wherever there's like less bridging and less 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 traveling <laughs> let's say right as you mentioned town uh it's just uh, it just makes it a easier user experience uh, whenever you have that happen.
2: Yeah, very true. And I think like with with Terra having everything all under one umbrella and easy access to kind of this multiplicity of different applications um, all within the same immediate ecosystem is maybe a vision similar to what would eventually be the ideal for. For the entire cosmos, rather than um, one specific one specific token ecosystem, just many that work together healthily. Do you see that being uh, a vision that's that's attainable of all of these different ecosystems that contribute to a broader ecosystem in the future, or do you think really that there's too much challenge behind that, and it really will come down to this kind of conglomeration between one or two large main ecosystems um, that more or less Kind of only interact through through bridges
4: i I think that it it will just depend on the user, right because I think that there will be some users like myself that maybe find it easier to just stay within one blockchain if everything that is needed is available there, but I think that if there is a easy user experience to be able to go and check. You know stargate if i want to look at nfts um you know and it's a it's a app chain specific for that and then i want to go to osmosis to do my my trading you know to pick up some stars um and to pick up luna if i want so, um you know I, I i definitely think that it just depends on on the user i, I like the route that it's going where there are app chains being built in the Cosmos that are very specific to what they do. Right, they just focus in on one thing and they specialize in that. Um, that way, we, we we know exactly where to go, um, as opposed to like if you go to Juno or or if you go to Terra, like it since they're general blockchains, you're you you have to know more than um, you know more than just. What blockchain it is, but what else is, is being developed in that chain? like right? like Where are the DeFi projects? Where are the, the NFT projects within this blockchain? So, um, I think e- each person is going to just buy differently, right? To to each blockchain. Um, so, I, I think it's a it's a good thing to have more more options. That creates more competition and ultimately makes it uh, better for the user for for us, right? That we're bringing our assets into Web three and um, and figuring out what to do and what to explore in the ecosystem.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think I'd I tend to lean towards yeah. um, agreeing with you on on that. Of obviously, it's going to be a case by case kind of depending on each user. But the the healthiest or the ideal, at least, would be that there is kind of multiple different ecosystems applications that are tailored towards many different user experiences that are all easily interoperable, but also separate ecosystems that kind of have each their own personality, allowing users to, to choose what works best for them. And, and we'll see, I'm sure, I'm sure like any other industry, Web3 and blockchain will kind of pare down and the biggest ones will come up. But the, one of the main things that I really enjoy about the space right now is the fact that kind of anyone can come in have a good product market well and create a good community and then be successful in the space so that's something i would hope never never dies in the, in the web 3 space even though obviously some projects will will win and get larger and larger and some some won't but that kind of community basis i think is something really cool about cosmos and about web 3 in general right now that i hope we don't lose out on.
4: And I definitely do feel that um, within the cosmos in general, I do feel like for the most part, if you are part of any um, any blockchain community, let's say, you are aware you know that 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 the cosmos works together much easier than EVM networks, for example, right? Like um, using IBC to be able to easily transfer your assets to different blockchains. Um I'm not familiar or I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Wrecked Gang, right? But uh they um are an NFT project that started in Terra um with Wrecked Wolf. That was their first collection. Um then they migrated to ETH after the Terra cash. Then when One Planet went to Polygon, they had their Trippy Wolf collection be airdropped to their um gen one to the rec bull um holders. Um and then they had their third collection, which is the um uh, uh rec bulls they minted uh through mint but they are on loop on Juno. And so you know they're 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 not really depending on the chain. They want to explore. They want to take their community to different chains and, and see you know what's going on there. Um but I brought them up because me as somebody that is following them and as a holder of their NFTs, i had to figure out how to use juno you know for the first time and how to get some usdc in there um and, and so i think it, it takes builders right to to really build cool things in order for us to to go and explore to take our money there and to uh and to try things out right and and, and so yeah i, I think ultimately it comes down to people being creative people seeing the infrastructure that exists and then figuring out how to use that um and how to attract people into their own ecosystem and their own projects so it does take it does take a lot of energy it does take a lot of work right it's not something uh, that's easy like th- there's projects that maybe have something that's really cool but they just didn't market it market it very well so many people just don't know what they what they're doing um so, yeah, so I, I think it, it goes both uh, into the strength of the, the project, but then also about the curiosity of the user.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know I don't have any other questions on my end, That I that I had prepared or thought of since this. Don't know. If- uh, um, you- Edwin, I don't know if there's anything on the shared protocol side that you'd like to hear from us, but we can also open up to AMA or
3: anything like that towards the end here too.
4: Yeah. I I mean, one thing that I am definitely always curious about is um, stable coins. You know, one of the reasons why I was attracted to Terra initially was UST and the idea of adding utility to a decentralized stable coin. And, And so I know that you guys are also specializing in um, your stable coin, right? So, um, I think you know we, we have some. We I see Madman here at least. He's one of our members uh, with Orbital Command, um, and so I'm curious about um, how you guys are doing with your stable coin.
1: Yeah, I think I can I could probably give you a little bit of a rundown. Uh, so it's it's currently still in development. Um, Silk is not live yet uh it is currently in audits though and and we are we are making sure and revi- revising the basket to make sure that it's most accurate and, and the most i guess it makes the most sense um for what we want to do so if anybody doesn't know silk is is not pegged to the US dollar or or one sovereign currency silk will be pegged to a a basket of global currencies plus gold and bitcoin as well to kind of act as a hedge against inflation. And so what we're what we're revising is is that basket peg because you you could oh it looks like we lost fisco. <laughs> um you could peg it to 28 30 different currencies, but if you don't have good solid accurate on-chain representations of those currencies, it becomes very very difficult to to accurately represent those things. And so we've we've minimized the basket a little bit to, if I'm not mistaken, five or six different assets with golden Bitcoin still included in there to to create a more powerful basket in regards to the the peg that that silk will hold. So it's it's currently again in in revision and, and making sure that it's that it's stable and, and solid for users to to use because Again, security and safety are, are always of the utmost importance, especially when we're talking stable. So if we don't do it right, there's not really a reason to do it. And so unfortunately, it's taking a little bit more time than we, than we thought. But again, it's, it's all for the right reasons. And so if, if we continue on that path and, and we always keep those things in mind, then, then we won't. Uh, I don't think we'll deviate from, from our end goal and vision um, at all. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I completely agree with you uh, in
4: regard to the, the safety of the mechanism that you guys are building around because uh, obviously, you know, we're coming from the collapse of USC and that was one of the worst experiences that I have personally gone
1: through and a lot of my colleagues. No, you, you cut out a little bit for me, but I, I agree. It's it's a, it was an terrible thing that unfortunately we we, we had to ex- experience and and i always i don't like saying that tara was an awful mistake or anything like that it was it was very much so a successful experiment that ended up turning into an unsuccessful experiment and it, there's nothing wrong with saying that it is an experiment and it was it was something that happened and that we can learn from so and another thing in that as well that i'll add about silk. So, is that when Terra collapsed, we actually pivoted. And so Silk is now over collateralized um, and through our lending product that we're that we're going to be releasing as well. And so Silk won't be the algorithmic version that that Terra slash USP was. And so that was something that we learned. And then. The last thing that I'll add about Silk is a shameless plug, but Silk will also be privacy preserving. So all of your transactions that you that you have in Silk on Shade Protocol will be private and, and protect you from other people trying to look at your transactions or, or track things. And you'd be able to, you know, have just that level of, of in real life privacy that that you deserve.
4: Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I remember I met Carter actually in um, Austin. Uh, we were there for OsmoCon, uh, but yeah, he he also mentioned a lot of different um, a lot of different thought process that that you guys were going through in regard to what you were building previously, and then after seeing the Terra collapse through UST and all of the learning experiences that you guys kind of um got from that as well so um so yeah i'm i'm excited to to hear you guys are still still building that and um you know once once you have silk ready, i'm definitely going to try that out uh yeah i'm always looking <laughs> at stable coins you know i obviously usdc right now is where i have most of my bags on but um uh, you know one that's that i'm always curious about is frax i like what they're doing um but yeah, so yeah, looking forward to it. Um, once you guys release that,
1: yeah, yeah, we we appreciate that. I was gonna say, I'll say too. Frax is a huge inspiration, um, and it was actually it was an incredible, incredible feat on the BD side from FISCO. But Frax will also be joining us for our Stablecoin Summit on December twentieth, and so we'll have we'll have them kind of showcased in regards to being able to talk to them about Frax and and what they want to see in the future and. And what they what they uh, have been building with with Brax as well. So again, they're a, they're an extremely large influential player on us, um, and we're we're super excited to have them involved in, in some of the things that we're doing. But yeah, I mean, thank you for thank you for asking a couple questions, Fisco. I think we'll open it to community AMA. So if anybody does have any questions for Fisco, myself, or, or Edwin, feel free to request to speak. We'll bring you up, and and we can have kind of. Uh, a community chat for for the next 15 minutes or so
2: perfect yeah thanks again edwin for joining us hopping on this twitter space it was great great chatting uh sorry about asking you if you had any questions for us and dropping off my wi-fi cut as as soon as you started talking there
4: it's all good i actually got a call in the middle of what i was talking so uh no worries, sweet. So technical difficulties on this
2: side. That'll happen. That'll happen. Red, welcome up. I'll let
3: you unmute and ask your question when you're ready. Hey guys, this has been a great Twitter Space uh, so far. I really like what Orbital Command is trying to uh, tackle. Personally, because I'm very passionate about education myself. Um, I've got two quick questions um, for the Orbital Command team. One is what criteria do you guys use to gauge like sentiment and uh, viability of sustainability for the projects you're looking to either cover educationally or validate for? Um, And a lot of this question comes from um, the fact that a lot of validators are connected, their credibility and reputation and the organizations are attached to the projects they support. So I'm just wondering what criteria you guys use to kind of vet the projects you wanna help out. I'll let you uh, answer that question before I go on with my next one.
4: Yeah, that's a great question, Red. Appreciate it. I think that there's different layers to that answer. And what I mean by that is that we, the, the first layer is we want to know about every project. We want to know who their team is. We want to know what they do. And we want to share that with our community, right? So as far as that first layer, there really isn't any criteria. We, we just want to make sure our community is aware of what is being built in the ecosystem, right? That That's important for us. But then there's a the second layer of actually partnering with projects, right? And I think that's maybe where some criteria comes into play. Um, also, like with governance, if there's projects that are asking for community funds. Um, and, and so for that, we do our due diligence by actually creating a Telegram chat, like reaching out to the team, to the founders, creating a Telegram chat with them, asking our questions. Um, um, Also like hosting them on a Twitter space so that our community members can come up and ask questions to the team. Um, But ultimately we really wanna see what kind of value they're going to add to the ecosystem, right? Do, do, Do we feel that what they are what their product is, is going to be something that people need right now, right? Is their market fit? Um, you know, so, so there's definitely, you know, a criteria
3: there at that second layer. I, I hope that kind of answers your question there. It definitely does. Um, I just know there are obviously projects that will pop up, entice a lot of users into interacting with them or following them, and it turns out later, a few months or weeks later, that it's a rug or that the team stopped development and moved on somewhere else i was just kind of wondering how you guys kind of uh plan around some of these uh unfortunate events that happen in DeFi 5 uh, and in crypto in general um but my uh, my second question is uh wait one second um based on some of the the comments you made earlier in this twitter space i'm curious what types of users you're making educational content for like who do you think or know uh who your customer base is effectively for what you're doing
4: yeah yeah thank you so it, in general we hope to have a, a bit of the whole um kind like the the whole demographic of user uh, let's say uh, maybe there's a better better way to use that term. But but the idea being that we can help onboard new users. So we want to provide that initial educational material for them. Um, and simple things, right? Like how to connect your wallet to a new DAP, um, you know, or what um what is the purpose for the DAP and and how you know you can initially begin to use it. Um, but then adding, you know, to that um the more experienced user. Uh, like we have community members that are devs and they're looking at the contract and they bring that information into our discord. And we have a lot of members that actually use all of the dApps that are, that are being built. So, so they come in and ask specific questions as to, um, why APR is a certain way, you know, or what is this energy project doing? you know, trying to get into the DeFi space by creating their own liquid staking derivatives. So so at that layer, it's more about having a discussion with our community members, right? So, so we do try to have that initial onboarding through like a walkthrough video that Rebel does on his YouTube channel, but then he kind of creates that funnel where he says, you know, join us in our Discord so we can have a discussion about this and learn some more. Um, and then that's when we kind of come in and support any of those questions that come in and we do our own research as well, um, to be able to answer it. Um, so, so we kind of try to provide that customer support in in a deeper way to anybody that has questions on what's going on with the dApps.
3: Yeah. I, I personally really like how you described, um, you know, being able to funnel users that might not be your, you know, biggest, uh, share of. Your, your intended customer base, but having funnels to be able to direct those users directly to the sources of information that they're looking for is super helpful. Um, and obviously, I think a lot of us can come to the conclusion that your average retail user base um, is probably the majority of the people using a lot of these projects early on. And oftentimes, they're some of the most vocal people Uh, in social media. And so there is importance in educating and onboarding those people. I was just, I just want to make sure that any of these projects, whether it be orbital command, shade protocol, whoever it is that's building projects also has resources uh, and information for more advanced users or people looking for more complex answers. So that's great to hear you guys at least have a system to be able to funnel people towards those sources of information.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you asking that question, Red. Kind of, kind of twofold. Um, I did see someone named Jim with the handle. Jimmy just requested uh, Jimmy, if you want to come back and we'll bring you up. If you have a question or if it was answered, then all good. Um, So if anybody else does have a, have a question uh, for, for Fisco, myself, orbital, uh, feel free to raise your hand. We'll bring you up and and you can ask. Careful with Jimmy. I hear he's a troublemaker, (laughs) but um,
4: yeah, I, I, Red, just to kind of dive a bit deeper, I I think that that is really um like as I mentioned earlier, that is really the way that we want to differentiate ourselves, um and that's by providing as much educational material as we can. Um, there, there's still, as you mentioned, there's there's layers to adapt right, and um and more experienced users, um something that we're going through right now and. In Terra specifically is that you know there is a lot of degents in a sense, a lot of people that um, are very experienced users in DeFi. And since there isn't much DeFi going on in, in Terra right now, um, a lot of the conversations have gone towards governance. And so there's been a lot of division and a lot of infighting within Terra right now uh, because of uh, governance proposals. Um, and so Um, I think, you know, um, a bit earlier, um, we were talking also about, um, trying to focus on, you know, the positive building that's going on. And uh, all of that is highlighted during, during the bull runs, um, and during the bear market is is, is the conversations kind of change into like what's hot right now. Right. Like, uh, and usually that's not, uh, you know, a D five farm or something. It's like, who's arguing about something. Um, so. Yeah, I think uh, just wanted to share that, but uh, yeah, we hope to still be able to you know focus in on the positive stuff that's going on in in Web3 and the ecosystem. And for me, what's been fun um, in the NFT space is learning about you know Web3 gaming and uh, seeing the innovation that's going on there. And um, you know, Department Seventy Seven, I'll mention them here again. They have a really cool project. Uh, where your droids can actually be used and they have utility. You can send them on missions and they collect rewards for you and they have a mini game coming up. Um, But yeah, so that's, that's where I have the most fun. And I, I, I don't want to deal with the drama that's going on with governance.
2: Governance drama is always, is always a big, big thing. It's funny. We've been going through different like governance props for, for dex listings and stuff like all that. And there's always, there's always something associated with them. Well, Edwin, I think since we're we're running up on the end here and we've got no more questions from, from the community side, I'll end this with thanking you for joining in on our Twitter space. Everybody that's interested in Orbital Command, you can follow me on Twitter at Orbital underscore command and obviously Shade Protocol at Shade dash protocol. So thank you guys again for joining on another Into the Inner Ch- Chain Twitter space. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, guys. really appreciate your time.
4: Perfect. Thanks, Thanks, everyone.
0: everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Into the Interchain with Shade Protocol, featuring Edwin from Orbital Command. Recorded on Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspacesorg slash donate and show some support. Now with Spark IBC enabled. in the back nine The latest proof ain't a way to move Chase of view Just a bunch of peck-a-heads Living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner Finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute Then show me what that thinker do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that think could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two show me what that Thank you.